everyone. Welcome to our actual first episode of Your List, My Command. Uh, my name's Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Derek. So say hi to the people, Derek. Are you Hello. excited? Hello, people. And yes, I am excited. I am, I'm very excited. I know that you know our shared, uh, I guess, podcasting group um, is probably going to be wildly excited and shocked to actually see episode one pop up <laughs> on there. It's real? Uh, yeah, it's happening? It's, it is real. Yeah, it wasn't just and- a trailer. There you go. Yes. And I feel like this is the first time you've been starting a podcast like from the ground up and like actually involved in the process. So this is very exciting, like bringing you along. Okay, baby bird, it is time to fly. We are in our first episode. And as you are, you know, starting off your first episode, I'm going to choose the movie for you to watch. And we we talked about this before and we chose The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and her lover, which is you know one of the longest titles in cinema history. You don't know how many and times I googled this, starting with the chef. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, just so I don't screw it up. And this is a movie I love. This is a movie I've seen probably five or six times. So I was very oh excited gosh. to see it on your list. This is one of my favorites. So, but I'm so interested because this is not. This is not your standard movie. This is not an easy movie to access, both in finding it online and in just accessing it as a person in the world. Because it's not, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, here's Act 1, here's Act 2, here's Act 3. It's a very different kind of film. Um, So what was your attitude kind of going into it? What did you know about it? And how was your experience of actually watching it? You know, you you led with uh, almost like the accessibility, right, of, of a film of this nature. Uh, I don't know if you rewatched it in the, the same streaming service that I did, uh, but I watched it on Peacock. I um was, I have a copy of it. Oh, just, of just course say, you do. Just, of just course. Say. Right. Well, it's a perfect, <laughs> and this is what I was thinking when I was watching this film. It's a perfect mix uh, for Dave, someone who likes really deviant sex, I'm sure, and a, a chef almost, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were just texting not too long ago about the, the new oven. Yeah, um, and I saw that on Twitter, and so I was like, "This might be the perfect Dave movie." <laughs> and part three, two- and part three, it has Helen Mirren in it. So yes. I mean, that's I mean, there maybe go. that goes along with the deviant sex, but you know. <laughs> I was thinking the entire time I was disgusted. Dave loves every bit of this film, uh, but yeah, it was so. Yeah, I found it on uh, Peacock, which I, I just don't marry those two ideas with what I know about this film and a streaming no. service that you know has things like The Office and whatever other right. you know things that most people will go to bed watching, right? So for years, I guess I, it had been a film that I had come across uh, on you know various lists of. Uh, you know, movies that you should, you know, that you should watch, but may not be for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you are in some way a cinephile, you should enjoy uh, this movie. It, it's one of those, like, this is, this is a highbrow, like sexual, sexually charged uh, cry, romance, drama, things of that nature. And so going into it, it was a film that I, the only thing I really knew was, okay, so they're going to push the envelope in some way sexually. Um, as far as anything else goes, I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this when I f- uh, start, maybe the first, I don't know, like five or 10 uh, minutes, it was one of those experiences where you kind of get an idea of what type of movie that you are walking into and <laughs> the type of mindset that you need to be in to enjoy this particular type of movie, right? Like this isn't the kind of film that, um, as I would maybe normally do, uh, pull up on my iPad because someone's, you know, taking the TV in the living room and <laughs> that I can like throw the ball back and forth to my kid and watch it and just be like a participant. 
no, that is not what this film asks of you um, at all. So I, I did watch it uh, essentially in in one setting. I think I would take a little bit of of a break, uh, but it was is intense. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a good enough word to just kind of play off of or start with because that's kind of how I felt the entire way through. Uh, intense and tense. Right, so both yeah. of those those feelings. Honestly, yeah. I think it's the perfect word for it. It's intense, and not only in the sense that like there's there's violence, there's sure. sex, there's all this stuff, but also like if you just look at the costuming, if you look at the set design, the kind of color structure of the movie, like it is, it it doesn't bother with silly things like consistency or uh, (laughs) expectations like it's just like oh no we're gonna have all of our costume designed by a french uh costume designer like who is in high fashion uh and you get that image very quickly and very easily and we're gonna use color to magnify what's going on in different areas of this restaurant and we're not gonna worry about realism at all like it's just gonna it's it's dreamlike almost right yeah absolutely that's that's a great call and i I think the thing i love so much about this movie is yes it is on all those lists of like oh these movies you gotta see but sometimes when you go through those lists you're like oh yeah everybody likes this right it's you know you know my favorite movie right lawrence of arabia you're like oh yeah it's it's got like 102 percent on rotten tomatoes like everyone loves this movie there's no risk here whatsoever and the Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover is not that kind of movie. Like, even if you look at its um, its scores on all these, like Metacritic, it's like a 62 out of 100. And so I get these, that. And these are the movies I love, the ones that, like, I'm not that interested in movies that everyone loves or everyone hates. But sure. I am really interested in that, like, 40 to 60 range. Because <laughs> uh, usually what happens is not everyone's like, oh, it's two and a half stars out of five. Usually what happens is there are people who are like, this is disgusting. I hate it. And I wish it didn't exist. And there are people like, actually, this is the pinnacle of cinema. So you, then you get in that middle range with the average. And that's the kind of movie that like excites me that I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how I'm going to feel about this. So uh, let me ask you this mm-hmm. then. Uh, Cause you, I, mean, I think you have a, a pretty uh, good sense for, you know, some of the films that I would probably like. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've seen this countless times. Uh, you know, I'm going into it. Uh, in your opinion, what would you think I would think of this film, right? Would, am I the uh-huh. person that's disgusted, or am I able to find some appreciation, or somewhere in the middle, like you were kind of I think, honing I in think on? I think Derek walks out of this movie like, well, I respect what's happening here, but I'm not sure if I like it. Uh, that is what my expectation is. Is that, pretty good, is that accurate? <laughs> that's <Okay>. pretty accurate. <laughs> This may be a, um, a little bit too far out there for me. That that uh-huh. was that was, so you're 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 kind of you know on pace there, but I agree actually. You know with with everything that you're saying, it is a film that is not for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just because of of some of like the graphic natures, uh, the graphic um, you know uh, plots um, or aspects of some of the scenes that you see. It's just different, right? Like mm-hmm. you could pause any particular scene especially in the restaurant or right outside the restaurant you could hit pause on that and bring in you know someone who only watches you know things that are on the afi or turner classic movies and you would say uh what do you think of this just this this screenshot and they'd say that ain't from here 
right? Like, they're gonna, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be able yeah. to tell. This is not, um, you know, an American film. Like, that's not mm-hmm. what, you know, your general takeaway is. And you could say it's, it's everything from just the really, what we would consider eccentric set design to the use of color. And I feel like anytime I watch, um, you know, a film that, well, I won't say anytime, but a lot of times when I'm, when I'm watching a film kind of like this, there is this intensity just based off of the palette itself. And I think if, if anything that you could say about this film, that's one of those things, right? Like you feel almost a certain emotion just by the fact that, you know, they may be sitting in the restaurant and 90% of everything you're seeing is just red. And it is a, I mean, it's like a technicolor red. It is exploding into your face and you Mm -hmm. feel something off of that, even if you're not even following the plot itself. And the film doesn't really, I don't know if the film really cares that much if you follow, like you're saying, like this point by point by point kind mm-hmm. of plot outline, right? Like there are things that really don't make sense. Um, even if you're talking about, you know, the, 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 the thief himself, right? And his, his general, um, lack of awareness that every single night, um, spoilers. I don't know if you need spoilers for a film that is what <laughs> 31 years old. Uh, right. but every single night that his wife is, you know, going to the bathroom for, I don't know, you know, 10, 15 minutes every single night. Right. And has no general awareness of it. Yeah. You could say like part of that is, um, kind of, um, uh, kind of expanding on the very idea that he just doesn't really care, right? Like he's, he's so invested in the excess of uh, showing his relationships with other people in his restaurant or the food itself, which is obviously one of the, you know, the big aspects of this film. But at the same time, at some point you would think generally that he would have a level of awareness. Like where did she go? Where is she really at? She doesn't go to the bathroom this long every day. The reality is that the film doesn't care. Right. Like that's not something that's actually really all that important. The concept of being logical about her whereabouts. Right. Like that's not what that's not the type of film this is. Right. And I would say it actually fits his character uh, because everyone around him, I think he sees as something he owns uh, and something that fits in with uh, with what he's wearing and where he yes. is. It's not he doesn't see them as human beings, which is why it's so easy for him to do terrible things to all these people. Uh, and we mentioned the costume design earlier. The costumes were all designed by Jean-Paul Gaultier. Um, so these are, you know, also did, you know, he's well known, of course, as a fashion designer in general, but also did, uh, did work on like the fifth element. Like, so this is the type of high concept stuff we're talking about. So in you this did where things designed by him to work. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, okay. It's very comfortable, you know, like it's just how God, you please. actually, just actually just hang out. I just hang out at my house, uh, in Jean-Paul Gaultier. Everyone knows that. That's... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it's interesting that it is a movie that doesn't it doesn't worry about plot, but as long as you follow the basics of it, I think you're fine, right? Okay, there's this there's this criminal and he owns this restaurant, right? And he goes right. there every night. Um his his wife is really unhappy, uh, and she ends up hooking up with this other guy in the restaurant and falling in love with him in secret. Uh, and you he don't need information about how, why nope. their eyes connect with one another and that that's enough of her to, you know, enough for her to risk her I mean, life I think, and his life. I think it's interesting that he is presented as a bookworm, um, not as someone who is like, you know, super sexy or exciting, but someone who's gentle. 
Um, who is the exact opposite of this horrific man, uh, that she has tied herself to for who knows what reason. And it's one of the things I love that we don't really have any details about why these people are together, just that they are. And it's enough that this is a terrible situation and let me find a way to get out of this. And I think it is a testament to Helen Mirren's performance here that you get all of that and all of that desire for this other man almost without dialogue. Like, she speaks very yeah. little in this movie, and him too. Like, there's, there's I don't think there's scene... dialogue between the two of them until they're introduced, like, officially by the by the thief himself, right? Well, I mean, there's one scene, uh, they have, like, three or four scenes together, and then they speak, and they even mention the fact that, like, oh, kind of like, oh, that's what your voice sounds like. Like, this, right. is, this is our first actual interaction, and it's it's such an interesting move because it would be... It would be even more artistic, quote unquote, and um, I think less interesting if you never had them speak. I like the fact that they they call that out. That like, oh yeah, this is this is a real thing. This is a real person, um, and that's when it becomes more than just a sexual interaction, and it becomes an actual romantic uh, interplay between the two of them. So then, when he is killed by the thief, I mean, it's it's shockingly harsh. Because yes. uh, you think like, okay, you barely know this person. Maybe you're not going to have a strong reaction to this loss of life. But when it happens, especially the way it happens and her reaction to it, like her, you know, sleeping with a corpse. Like after, like talk about dramatic and talk about Disgusting. things that that is not going to be for everybody. Like I, right. I wonder if that is the moment where people are either like, I'm all in for this, or they turn on it. Did you, was there a certain moment for you? Because I fall like, right, in that halfway zone of like, I obviously appreciate the aesthetic, I appreciate the craft, the, the you know, that everyone had on, uh, as far as creating this film, but I was still kind of disgusted the whole way through. I don't know if that particular scene was like where I, where I decided, well, that's that's the straw for me, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm completely done with this entire film. Uh, at that point, like, you know what type of movie that, right. that you're watching, right? Uh, you know, even when they're talking about, like, cooking him and all that kind, kind of thing. At that point, I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course. That, 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 that makes sense, right? In this movie? Yep. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to, uh, to, to kind of like piggyback off of an earlier, you know, point that you mentioned when you said that the lover was, was not like James Bond, right? Like sitting off right. in a corner with a dry martini. Um, and I think that's really, really important for a couple of reasons, right? One, I think even though we don't know why she is with the thief, it does highlight that it clearly that it's not just about like what he has to offer her financially or his looks or things of that nature. But at the same time, it also highlights how little the thief is truly aware of how grotesque he actually is. And no mm -hmm. better moment kind of exemplifies that than when they mock the the lover when they're killing him and they're saying something like something about pulling his hair or doing something to his hair and they're like what what little is there and I'm, and I was sitting there thinking well that's an interesting you know kind of uh, uh, attack at someone when your boss right like the the thief himself is this overweight like grotesque balding human being but you all are going to attack this aspect of of the lover. Uh, well, of course you are, because when the thief looks himself in the mirror, he doesn't see any of those um, 
any of those like negative attributes, right? Like those those aren't there. He doesn't see that in himself. Uh, the the film wouldn't be nearly as impactful as far as the relationship that's established between uh, the lover and the wife, uh, between Helen Mirren and and the uh, the lover. Had he been this you know well off businessman that she just so happened to have connected herself with, I think we would have had far more questions about um, what her motivations were. Honestly, mm-hmm. because we're already wondering why why is she with him? Like, is she with him because he is abusive and she can't get out? Is she with him because there are you know some financial perks? Um, but when she finds herself in the arms of this man who's so unassuming, who isn't going to be able to whisk her off uh, because of all the, the the attributes that he has, now you're, now you're thinking, oh no, she's trapped, and she sees mm-hmm. love or affection or warmth or sensual sensuality with this other guy who's just random. He's just mm-hmm. random. Yeah. Um, and I think that works. I think that really works. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that that bit about the, you know, what what little is there. Because uh, yeah. I, I think on both sides, there's shit talking. Um, <laughs> but it comes across so much warmer um, from from the lover character uh, played played by Alan Howard here. I guess Michael is his actual name, which no one remembers because, like, they barely speak to one another. Yeah. Um, but when when he w- does actually whisk her off to this bookshop and she's like, well, what happens if he chases us? And his reaction is kind of like, come on, has he ever read a book? Like, he's not, <laughs> not going to find us here, which is really funny. It's a really, like, weirdly sweet and engaging way to to kind of to kind of have that process happen. Whereas when these kind of gangsters show up. Uh, and do this terrible thing it's even though like the same amount of shit talking has happened there's a difference between these two groups of people and i think you know the movie handles that really well the thing that i always think about kind of in a meta way when i watch this movie is how much certain movies affect how we serve how we see actors uh when they move on to other things like michael gambon who plays albert who plays the thief in this movie i can never I can never watch him in anything and not immediately think of this, which is terrible, especially when he's in children's movies, because he was in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, he was Dumbledore in the later movies. And every That's time insane. I don't watch those, I have no time every time that. and every time I hear his voice, I'm just like, oh, God, like this. He's a monster, like especially if he raises his voice in any other movie. Like I just immediately think of this. And and I think the the really interesting thing that they do in this movie um with georgina with helen Mirren's character is it would be very easy to play her as a woman who never listens to this man like oh well he's just he's just an asshole like i don't have to pay attention but she's always unless she's looking at michael she's always aware of what's going on which is to me why the ending works um and the ending to this is rough it is hard to watch even for someone like me who loves this movie like you know essentially they he at one point says you know i will devour him i will i will kill him and eat kill him, him and eat him yeah All right look, look, uh, but before i get to the to the the point about the finale mm-hmm. I, let me ask you this um and it's it's difficult when we as we kind of alluded to with a film like this in which you i don't know how important it is to you know question the small details right like mm. that's not the that's not the purpose of the film but when we talk about someone who is as dangerous and as grotesque and as you know really liberal with his violence as um, mm. uh, Albert is, do you have any questions about why you know the you know Helen Mirren's character and the lover aren't a little bit more concerned about mm. 
the potential no, outcome? No, and not I'll at tell all. you why. I'll tell okay. you why. So this Helen Mirren and Alan Howard in this movie are like, don't you remember what, what it was like, especially when you were young and you were first infatuated with someone, even if there's danger there. Like, say, say you're younger and you're worried about your parents finding out, right? You still take risks. You still do stupid things, right? This is what it's like when you first get with someone and you're like, oh, my God, everything about them is so amazing. I could never say no to them. Everything they want, I would give them. And I think you get that from these characters. And, yeah, they're in a much more dramatic, dangerous sure. situation than a 16-year-old being caught by their parents. But I think it, I think it holds true. I think we all do really, really stupid things when we first meet someone, and especially after we first connect with them sexually, that would put us in danger, right? I've known people. I'm going to say I've known people, so I can't be implicated <laughs> in any of this. Um, I've I like how people. you said for me, like, the, uh, you know, when you were really much, much younger, like a kid, <laughs> nothing you'd ever, you would never do no, that nothing now. stuff today. Right. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. But like, you know, if you are... If you're at a job and you end up dating someone that you work with, always a bad idea, by the way, speaking from personal experience, it's a bad idea, but you will take risks, like you will skip work, you will, you know, uh, sneak off with them during breaks, like all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it could get you in trouble. Yeah, it could get you fired from your job. In her case, it could get you literally killed or him killed. And yet that rush of being with that person who you are connecting with in the moment is so powerful. That I think it's hard to say no to it. I think in many situations you should, uh, but I think in many situations human beings don't. Right? I think it's also we, helped out by the fact that they have everyone, all hands are on deck with protecting, yeah. you know, their their secrecy every single night, right? Like mm-hmm. it's much easier to get away with this when you know that there's you know fifteen, twenty, thirty other people who are going to pull a curtain, right? Yeah. To make sure everyone hates no this shadow. asshole. Yeah, like, exactly. No, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that brings up one of my favorite bits of set design in this movie. And there are many because like the set is really, really important to this movie. You know, we already talked about the colors and the schemes and, you know, the, the painting behind like every there, you know, everything here, which is something I also love. Like it's if if a movie makes even if I don't like them. If a movie makes specific choices, like there's a reason for it, I'm generally going to be behind the movie. Like, okay, like you are, it's not just like random stuff or like, oh, we ran out of money, so we're going to do it like this. Or this is, this is the cinematic standard, so that's what we're going to do. This is a movie that definitely is making some choices. Uh, and one of those choices is the fact that the set for the kitchen is, is very sparse, right? Um, as opposed to the dining room. Which is the opposite of that, right? It's opulent. Uh, everything is presentational. And I think that is why all the real stuff, all the real passion, all the real connection, all the real friendship, all happens behind the scenes. It all happens in that kitchen. Um, and in comparison to what's going on in the dining room where he is just, where um, Albert is just holding court, right? And no one actually likes him. Even the people that work for him who are paid to be there despise him. Right. It's just and a show, the, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's, it is performative like the yep. entire time. Whereas, like you're saying, uh, behind closed doors, everything else is much more real, much more mm-hmm. open, much more honest, transparent, things of that nature. And, and yep. I think that's a, exactly. uh, that's a really good point that I'm not, I'll, I'll say this. I, I felt that, 
But I don't think that in in kind of like these realized terms that I actually thought about, okay, so when they exit this area, mm-hmm. right, we're actually getting the the real individuals and their real right. human interactions and emotions. And that's why you rarely see Albert kind of go out into those zones, right? Those those aren't for him. And when he does, he's wreaking havoc upon right. it. Right? right. The only time he goes to the kitchen, he's like throwing things around. He's knocking things over. He's like spitting in people's faces. Like he is an agent of chaos in the only calm that there is in this movie. And I will say, like, this is not something I picked up on the first time I watched it. Sure. I have this is like through repeated watches. And as you know, it's, it's a movie that begs you to look for symbolism, right? This is not a movie where it's like, what do you mean? No, everything is on the surface. Like it's, it's right there. Like any bit of music that's here, it's, it's that, you know, strange child singing in the kitchen. Like it's like the color schemes. Yeah. Very, very, it's, it's honestly like, I understand why that character is there. It needs, that child needs to be there. So you like the hatred of Albert really comes to the forefront. And you see that even the innocent are standing up, for our kind of lead romantic pairing. Like, I think it's really important that they torture that child and the child still doesn't give them up. Right? I like that he doesn't die, too. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like and, I, I and, like that he endures that yeah. level of pain. Yeah. Um, but and in this kind of movie, you kind of expect that. You kind of expect yeah. that child to die. Like, okay, here we go. Um, but speaking of people dying, we have to talk about, before we end, we, we have to talk about the finale. This is like, this is the, the big moment of the movie. So after he is killed, she decides, she has listened to Albert to like, oh, okay, motherfucker, you wanna, you wanna kill him and eat him? <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see if you really have that in you. And the thing that's, <laughs> the thing that always throws me off in this movie is I always think when she goes to talk to the chef, like, I want you to cook my, my lover. Um, and serve him to my, my husband, which is a dramatic ask, sure. I always expect one, either there's going to be no argument or there's going to be a little more argument. But basically he's like, nah, I can't do that. And she goes, pretty please? And he's like, okay. And then he just like, it only feels like they're like, we gotta, we gotta move this along. But I would have liked like maybe one more scene of him kind of going back and forth. Like, do I want to do this? I'll say this. Actually, I think it, it, stays on brand with the film that there doesn't need to be like this big arm twisting moment where someone's having to be talked into anything. But at the same time, I was sitting there thinking when she said, you know, can you cook Michael or whatever she says to him? And, uh, the, uh, the chef, uh, said, or the cook, uh, I think it's Richard. He says something to the effect of like thinking that like, oh, you, you don't need to eat him. Like, if you think that's going to be a part of you forever, like, listen, I've cooked other people before and that, that's not how this shit. <laughs> no big know, deal. Kind of, no big <laughs> deal. And I, I was, I was sitting there thinking like the entire time, of course she's, she wants to cook Richard. Um, or sorry, not Richard. She wants to, to cook Michael, you know, for her husband. Like that, the entire time she's having that dialogue, that's where my brain was going. And I think it kind of surprised me, uh, that the cook was thinking like, no, you want to ingest, you want to have a piece of him, um, you know, for the rest of your life. So that, that actually kind of threw me off that that was his, his, mm. you know, the mode of thinking that he has. But do I do you think like it, the fact do you think it would have worked either way? Do you think if that would have been the way no. she was headed? No. Okay. So it's gotta uh, be this violent end. I think everything uh, that the thief does, right? So, so everything that Albert does in this film, like it has to come with he, 
there's some sort of great consequence for his level of victimization. And I'm not saying that there couldn't still be one, right? Like she decides she's going to eat Michael instead. And then they just, you know, they shoot Albert in the head and the end. Um, but I think if you're building to something so large, right, in a film in which there's already a lot of graphic material, mm-hmm. if you're going to go with, we're going to cook a motherfucker, right? <laughs> like if we're going to cook somebody, like this has to be how Albert gets it. Mm-hmm. And so that, sure. you know, working towards that end. So when, you know, the, the, the chef is finally made aware, the cook's finally made aware of that. And he's like, oh, well, I hate his guts. I think this is the perfect idea. <laughs> All right, fuck him. Yeah, let's he's do like, this. He's like, I don't need yeah. your money. Like, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll pay you to cook him just so I can watch <laughs> this. I don't care. Um, so, I, you know, I love that that interaction. Um, I do find that, that whole, you know, when Albert makes it to the restaurant and he's just, he's just kind of like, oh, hey, like, where have you been? Like, do you, you know, like, you know, I'll, I'll take you back. Even if you, you did all these things, are you, were you not at least a little surprised that his, you know, his hunt for her didn't continue even after they killed, um, Michael? I would say the first time I watched this, I had the exact same reaction. Um, but I think, I think Albert is for all his protestations and all of his violence is a tremendously weak man. Um, and any time that she is about to leave him, he's reduced to weeping. Um, yeah. and I think that's important. Um, so, so the more I watch it, like though, that makes a little bit more sense. And I, I like the fact that he gets weaker and weaker, the stronger that her front goes up. Hmm. So in that scene, as she like continues to keep at a distance and say like, sit down, anniversary sit down sit down doesn't show any emotion he like runs to her and is like basically crying on her shoulder like he just can't function when people are not intimidated or fearful so when she is like no because she's like i think at this point like she wants to kill him but if she were to die i don't think that she She would care she doesn't care like she's like no you killed love like you killed not only you killed michael but you killed the whole idea of happiness had had he you know found her in an alleyway right uh you know he probably would have pursued her uh much more strongly than yes her standing there right as a pillar of strength because she knows he's gonna be there and she's just standing there right so Mm -hmm. the moment he walks in he's like oh wait this is different right she's not shivering she's not trying to get away from me she's like oh hey how are you doing today? And so he knows the game has changed a right. little bit. And I, and I see, you know, your point on that. And, and even I go, I guess even going a step further, they give us a little bit of that, that information when she's recounting the last time that she left or one of the times that she left mm-hmm. and he came in and he was, you know, I don't know if he was giving her gifts or, or whatever, yep. but then she talked about being beaten, you know, once, once she had been secured. Right. And mm-hmm. she can't run away. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's that the, the, the classic, abuser um you know comes back with the the candy and the flowers right like i will be different this time Mm -hmm. um wait no we're good again okay um and so this was a completely (laughs) different reality that he had with her where he can tell that that you know she is not going to be broken um Mm -hmm. as he had broken her so many other times right yeah absolutely and I think when that body is wheeled out, that is, I mean, that is a cinematic moment for better or worse. Um, I remember it's, it's interesting. Like the more, of course, the more I watch this, the more I'm ready for these images. So I'm not, sure. the shock value isn't there, but the, I think you are meant to feel disgust 
in that moment. Good. Despite, they despite what they were supposed to do there. Yeah. Me. I mean, I still feel it. Like, and I know what it's coming. I know what it looks like. I know the, like, the color. I know the, like, the fact that that, that body, that naked body is going to be, like, charred and shimmering. Yes. But still, every time it gets wheeled out, I'm like, fuck, man, this is so fucked up. Like, this is, so again, not a movie for everyone. Um, and well, I think well, there see, are many moments, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I even thought that with the, when, you know, we knew that he was going to be fed Michael. And I, as far as I thought, okay, they're going to bring out like a pot or they're going right. to bring out, right. they're going to unveil a plate where it's just a part of his flesh and uh, Albert won't have any idea of it. Uh, he'll be none the wiser. And then they'll be like, gotcha, bitch. You know, yeah. and right. that's, it, I shouldn't have thought that way because that's not how this film would have ever have, have presented that scene. Oh, they're going big. And yep. they're going to ask again uh, for you to kind of just throw away that, that aspect of logic where, you know, he doesn't even realize it's a human body under that sheet. Right? right. Or, you know, at first it's like, Oh, what have you got for me? This is a, a great meal. There's a little bit of tension, but not, you know, nearly to the, to the degree that I would have if someone wheeled out <laughs> what looked like the frame of a human person <laughs> underneath of, of a serving tray or serving sheet. Right. So uh, when they, when they unveil it, uh, I was like, Oh Jesus, where's this going? Like, I <laughs> like, I'm not any more disgusted, but I, yeah. Here yep. we go. We're, we yep. know we're going to get the, the the money shot of him yes. you know, taking human flesh and ingesting it. I love the fact that he that he vomits right before. I'm like, yep. I don't know how much that helps at all. Yeah, like, he's got to clear do that the after. palate. Yeah, you do that yeah. after. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I mean, I'm glad you described it that way in the sense that like they are going big because this is this is a strange comparison but the way this movie works is actually very similar to an action movie where it's like the violence gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the climax of it where you have a literal cooked body being devoured by a monstrous man against his will like this is this is where we're at and it's so interesting what people remember from this movie because of course she does you know she does tell him like hey you should try the cock it's delicious um (laughs) And that was a good every, line. It her. is. It's, it's a you know great it's line. Been. You yes. know where it's been. Exactly. Oh, such a great line. God, Helen so good in this movie. Jesus! Come on. No, it's not God, Albert. It's Michael. My lover. You vowed you would kill him. And you did. And you vowed you would eat him. Now eat him. What's the matter, Albert? You have your knife and fork. You do know how to use them. Or have all those carefully learnt table manners gone to waste? Try the cock, Albert. It's a delicacy. And you know where it's been. Uh, but it's funny. I posted about watching this movie on Twitter, and the first thing that someone said is like, "Oh, you know, he ate a dick." I was like, "But he doesn't." But that's what we remember, right? Yeah. Because she tells him that's what he should do. But he takes like, a piece of the like thigh between between the yeah. belly button and the yeah, right, exactly. Um, and like, just sometimes it's <laughs> it's amazing to me the amount of work that went into this scene, right? Like it's it's over the top, it's crazy, but also just think about like what. <laughs> what the direction of this scene was like and the production of it, like creating this carcass that looks like enough, like this character. And it really does. Like when it's unveiled, you're like, 
Yeah, because you've, I mean, let's be frank about this. You've seen all of this man's body through the movie. So you can't, yeah, so you can't just have something that kind of looks like that is his dick. Yep, that, mm -hmm, that is what's happening right here. And it just like, it's interesting because Peter Greenway is a great director, but this is not his standard. Um, Most of his movies are a little bit removed. Um, It doesn't, like, this is a, for whether you like it or not, a a term you can use to describe this movie is passionate, right? There's a lot of intensity behind this movie. And that's not his usual stuff. So this is really kind of outlandish for him. And every time I think about this, it makes me mad because apparently Criterion has the rights to this um, and they've done nothing with it, which is why it's on fucking Peacock of all things. So, so you can watch it with commercial. This is not a movie you should watch with commercials. Like this is not. Or with family. Like, you know, no. Accounts. No. Definitely. Like imagine if you had like a 10 year old child and they logged onto the Peacock account. They're like, oh, what's the last thing we oh, watched? Oh, let's go watch this. Yes. Um, but to like close this off in a nicer way. One thing that I wanted to talk about, because I think it will kind of connect with our episode coming up is the actual sex and love scenes in this movie. And it's something that really stands out to me because for a movie that is really intense and really kind of outside the box in terms of color and structure, the sex scenes are remarkably gentle um, and filmed in a way. And let's not get this twisted. Helen Mirren is stunning and gorgeous and beautiful, but it's not filmed in a Hollywood like way. Uh, to yeah. like, you know, to make every body part look perfect. Like, I think it's designed to look real, uh, to look like two relatively normal people, you know, engaging in sex as opposed to, right. as opposed to like, you know, original sin with Angelina Jolie. Like, it's not that kind of, and it's done really quickly. What's well, a great contrast too, to the mm-hmm. excess of everything else that's around them. But you exactly. see their flawed nature in their naked bodies, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it would be very easy, even if you cast, you know, and you put, you know, this guy, Michael, in this kind of frumpy suit, blah, blah, blah. It would be very easy to cast, like, a Hollywood beautiful actor with abs and sure. big arms. And that's not – but, it, like you said, it's in direct opposition to everything else in her life. This has to be this kind of guy. And it takes a certain amount of courage to cast that kind of body and show it, right? It would be one thing to be like, oh, this is this gentle man and we fade to black. But it's not that, you know? And there's this really, it's really like strangely explicit and endearing moment between the two of them where she basically tells him he has a nice dick. Uh, And his reaction is like, I do? (laughs) <laughs> like, like he's never heard that before because he's just a normal guy. Because no one's right? ever seen it. He's <laughs> right. Never taken his clothes. He's never taken his clothes off before. Right. And I yeah. You know, it makes me think about, and this is going to be weird, um, because even after watching it, right? Like, if someone had said, uh, "Okay, so tell me about this this movie," you know, the cook, the thief, his, you know, the, his <laughs> where do you even start? Yeah. God, <laughs> uh, where do you start? And then, like, is it is it as graphic as you know I've heard? I'm like, I would say yes. Like, it's incredibly graphic. It's, it's tons but of not you know, in the way you think. Sex <laughs> and, well, and that's the thing, right? Like, even after just watching this movie within the last 24 hours, I would almost still mischaracterize it. As being like a crazy sex movie, even though there's not a lot of explicitness in that actual sexual interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how the movie makes you feel, right? Like, it's the right. same as, as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's kind of what was coming mm. to my mind, where we're so 
It's another five-star movie. Yes. Oh, my God. I good, love that movie. Good. Um, mm-hmm. it, where we're so apt to be like, God, there's so much violence. And, you know, it's so graphic. And you, you have to look away. And you're like, yeah, it's, it's violent. But it's about what they present to you as far as how you perceive this violence, right? You're not actually seeing graphic, you know, eyes being pulled out or, you know, someone being cut from their belly button to their throat. You're not really getting, you're not getting that at all. I mean, there's very little blood. There's very little actual, like, sex. Like, pure, just, like, straight up humping. Like, that's not really happening in this film at all. But it's just the, everything is amped up so much that it leaves you thinking that you saw something that was incredibly graphic sexually. And you really didn't. And I think it would, you're right, I do think it would be a disservice to this film um, if that had been the case, um, I think in the wrong hands, and, I, and and this is actually something I'll talk about with with our next film. I think in the in the wrong hands, um, someone that wasn't as careful and as thoughtful with the the material, it, it could get into to some almost like exploited um, like exploitation kind of zones yeah. with mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, so I, you know, again, it is a movie that that it, I, you know, I don't know how often I'm gonna be like, all right. Actually, we have a we have a not in. Why don't we watch uh, you know, this this movie? I have to look up the title of again just to say it correctly. Probably not that. I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that I saw it um, and and I appreciate it in that regard. Kind of like what you had alluded to earlier. You hit the nail on the head with the. Well, I think Derek can appreciate you know this film for what it is and the craft. It may not be like his. You know, he's gonna th- throw this on any time he can't sleep at night necessarily because it is. <laughs> Nightmare worthy. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to not sleep, this might be a good option. This is not or a lull- It's not a lullaby type movie. No, like it's it's really not. Uh, yeah. So I think I, I just have I think one last question for you, and because it's something I struggle with with this movie is like obviously like whether you think it's like a five star movie or whatever you know nonsense we go into as far as rating. You know, you certainly respect where it comes from. I love it. So who, if anybody, like, how do you go about recommending this movie to people? Degenerates. Um, well, I'm glad I recommended it to you, then. the sex offender registry. Um, <laughs> I know who will love this movie, Derek Will. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I think anyone that, that has a certain appreciation for not just, like, plot, but they have appreciation for... For the, for the craft of directing, yeah. um, for visuals, right? Um, for for films that are going to be a little bit transcendent of kind of those, that very basic uh, plot style that you see in American cinema. Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I think folks that, that can look at this as an art form, right? Like, this right. is a painting, um, about as close as you're going to get mm-hmm. to seeing, um, you know, a moving pictures, right? I, I do think that, you know, folks that that have that certain sensitivity and appreciation to film would enjoy this film from from that perspective. Uh, you're not going to get uh, you know folks that that like you know like you're saying earlier, like someone who likes an action film is probably going to hate this. Like if that's oh, yeah. your favorite genre type. Um, someone who probably likes like horror films actually would mm. find this to be a great movie. Um, or, or riveting in that regard. And okay. so, uh, probably most of film Twitter loves this. I, I, I can't mm. imagine there's a lot of folks that really watch a lot of movies are, are going to have like a weakened stomach for this film in particular. Right. Right. Yeah. I would, <laughs> this is a strange thing to say, but I would argue that if you take out the very last scene in this movie, 
This would be a, you know, like people have their like movie themed parties where they have like food for, you know, different points of the movie. This would be a perfect movie to do that for because there's like an actual menu that they go yeah. through here. There's like five or six different meals. And of course, I don't know French and I didn't like pause it and like figure out See, what I, was. I was like, oh, Dave knows all this crap that's on the screen right now. <laughs> I I'm wish. not going to go into trying to say any of those words will just mock me this yes, entire well, episode. That's probably true. Yeah, but it's I, – I think you bring up a good point that it's um, – people who view film as an art form are really going to like this. And I didn't really put together the like the horror crowd, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Like because uh, – you know, it's one of those things because, as you mentioned, it's not actually that violent or that bloody. No. I don't think about it as a horror film, but it 100% is a horror movie. Dread, right? Like, yeah. I, I, when you, you asked me to describe how I felt about the film, and I said intense and uh, intense and the, uh, a, a, an overwhelming sense of dread. Like, every scene, you just don't know what's going to occur that's going to cause someone to lose it. I know it's going to be bad, but I don't I know, know it's what it is. I know it's going to be bad. And, <laughs> like, a film that... that push it like that pushes you in every scene right like you know that there's something that could just the whole film changes mm-hmm. uh he albert just murders uh you know his wife right there in the middle of the restaurant you have no idea because how the film is kind of set up mm-hmm. and i think that uh particular enjoyment of of anxious feelings is something that you know horror film fans like you know myself to, to a degree we enjoy right like i enjoyed the once i really got into the film like the, oh my gosh i don't I have no idea how bad this is really about to get. Like, am I about to see a scene when, uh, you know, Albert's dragging his wife to the car? Like, how graphic is this about to be? That scene has always terrified me. And I always, I always remember it as being worse than it is. Like, cause I can see that. Cause in your, in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a horrible, like, cause it's essentially, I mean, let's be real. It's a rape scene. That's what's happening there. Yes. But much like with the murder scene of Michael, it is a very fade to black moment. They cover it, right? They right. go in the car or when Michael dies, like his body is covered by the people hurting him. So you don't see the violence. You don't see the blood, really. You don't see the pain. It's like but, an off-screen death. Not uh, to boo. Nod your other <laughs> Nobody likes that show. Don't talk You're about that. You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah. All right. So um, that is the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. I got that right. Did you do that even looking at? I did. That's impressive. I did because our next movie that we're going to cover is up on my screen. So I was like, oh god, I hope I get this right. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I would highly recommend people see it, especially if you are, you know, a good person and see film as an art form, and you you don't just like Marvel movies and action movies. You should you should check this out. I'm not saying that you're going to like it. When you asked me what type of person, I should have just said good people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Good probably. People love this film. Uh, yes, absolutely. But Derek, what is what is next? I had you go through this kind of terrifying experience of watching this movie. What do you have yes. for me? Uh, I think, and I'm I'm trying to think if when you had mentioned uh, this first film that we we just covered. See, I'm, I don't have it up, so I'm not even going to try to to remember. Yeah, there's a thief. Yeah, there's the, a chef. the chef. Somebody's died. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> in love. With somebody. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that I I kind of gave my recommendation second, and it was because of of the use of comma in the title, right? Mm. Uh, so we're doing sex lies in videotape, which is mm. so much easier. It just rolls off the tongue. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I think it was even though I hadn't seen our first film uh, at that time, I was thinking, what's a movie that uh, going into it, uh, you know, when I hadn't seen Sex Lies and Videotape, that I had 
a perception about it that was going to be really graphic sex scenes. Mm. Um, and that's, that's how I had always looked at that film as well. Kind of like this, this really indie, you know, like sex drama that wasn't looked at like, like I said, you know, previously, like this exploitation film, right? There's something else about it. That's how I always looked at this movie. And so, uh, I was hoping that it would, there would be some, um, like underlying comparisons that we could mm. have with these two. And I, I, and I actually think we can. All right. Well, that will be our next episode. We'll talk about Steven Soderbergh's first feature, Sex Lies and Videotape. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Darn That Day. You can follow Derek at Day Stew. Um, and you can follow the podcast at Your List Pod. And you can follow I don't know how our... he does this without a script. <laughs> and now, do can... that again. Do that again now. Follow and... us where. <laughs> and you can also follow us on Instagram, also at Your List Pod. I'm the petty Kentucky bitch, uh, and you were called the California bitch just yesterday, so...